0: Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. Your host as always, Joe Garrick's coming to you from the Fairfield Comedy Club tonight with my good friend Greg Frateroli. Greg, thank you for being here. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, Greg. Uh, Interested in talking to you tonight because you are actually
1: relatively new to the game. Oh yeah. Brand spanking new. Brand well, I don't know about brand new. Yeah, it'll be a year in July, so I'm still working out the kink, still getting kind of. So not know, even at one
0: year. Not even in one year. So when was the first time you performed? How did that come about?
1: You know, probably like a lot of comics, same story. Felt like I was a funny person. Really enjoyed writing stuff down. Never had the uh, the cojones to go on stage and do it. In college, I finally decided it was about time to uh, you know put my put my mind to it and figure out what I'm gonna do. Took a summer off and after I graduated I just went on stage. I could comment I reached out to a guy in the local area, I uh, ran a I think it was Treehouse Comedy Tour was the place. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, Treehouse. Treehouse, yeah. Or
0: uh our competition, if you can call them that.
1: Oh, it's funny. The first thing, I was like, you know, I looked online. That's the first thing that came up. It's like, oh, we found Jerry Seinfeld 45 years ago. And I thought that was cool. But also, like, there's been a lot of years since Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, Who well else did, have you found? What have you done for me lately, Treehouse Comedy? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh,
0: but I did this, you know. Is so that like an open mic thing that you did? No,
1: there? I got lucky. He, I reached out to the guy I said, hey, I can bring 15 folks. Can you give me five minutes somewhere? That's
0: the key, man. I'll tell you, to, like, early stage comedy is, like, being able to... Get people out. The first show I did was uh, a show where it was basically a bringer show. It was uh, comics performing for the first time. And, you know, obviously performed the first time. People are excited to see you make a fucking ass of yourself. Uh, so they come <laughs> out for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did that and like 30 friends of mine came out because I'm a very popular guy, as you can imagine. With, of course. With my charm and whatnot and uh they came out so i you know had a great set all because they were there and uh, then people were like oh you were really good you should come to a show i'm like well I, you know i saw what was going on um yeah so that you know that's the key i mean early on you know where you're at now it's like about getting stage time right so uh to get stage time there's a few ways you can do it uh but you need to provide value in some way so you know you start off you do the bringer shows which is you know great you right know. Um, I mean, you have, you've got a nice crowd out here tonight. Actually, I mean,
1: yeah, it worked out pretty uh, well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but that you know is a value drive for any show to get to get more audience, and uh, then you know you start to develop the act more, get funnier, and hopefully at some time. People want to book you for being funny. I, I'm hoping that happens to me at some point. Well,
1: uh, I was actually curious about you bring that up—the kind of the progression, because I understand that at this point, the bringer show is the biggest thing. Because who knows? People don't know if I'm funny or not. I got to bring value in some way, like you mentioned. So, what kind of time frame do you think it takes to maybe stop to the bringer show, where you just get regular time at a place? Well, how does that work?
0: I mean, my advice would be, and what I did was, you know, you're doing these bringer shows, and the problem with them, for the most part, uh, is that you're doing this show. And you're bringing all your friends And everybody on the fucking show sucks Because it's a bringer show It's right. a bunch of like Early stage comics Who aren't very funny No offense to you You were very funny tonight yeah, appreciate But it. you know Generally speaking um, You know Early stage people Are, are not that funny um, You know There are There are exceptions, like yourself and myself, obviously. But what I found was that if I'm going to bring all these people to this fucking show and then I'm going to be one of the funniest comics on it, which is, I imagine, what you're experiencing as well. Yeah, a little bit of that for sure. And then you're like, what the fuck? Like, they're sitting through all this fucking shit and spending money to do it. Uh, (laughs) You know, what? What's I, I felt bad it, having them come, so I started. They're running. paying
1: money, taking time out of their day yeah, to help you out. You, yeah. yeah, and it's cool, but it's also like I remember I went on one of my first shows in New York City. I thought I was big shit because you know New York City show. Oh great! And I went on after this guy who just did Lou Ferrigno impressions for ten minutes, not a punchline at all, just having conversation with himself in a Lou Ferrigno voice.
0: Yeah, I, there's some weird shit. Like my uh, one of the early shows that I did, you know, this the guy who was producing and hosting them would start the show and he would host for like 20 minutes but then he would do another 10 minutes between every comic he brought up Jeez, and it was like this is fucking terrible so I, you know you feel bad bringing people so i'm like you know what if i'm gonna have people come out to a show i want to make sure that i'm like the least funny person on it i want everybody right. on that show to be funnier so i started running my own shows uh you know basically you found a venue uh, you know, it's easy enough to book comics. Comics always want stage time. Then you're, you know, promoting your own show. You know, it, it's a little more challenging, you know, because you've got to you know, you gotta do a little more work. But now you're working with the comics that you want to work with, um, you know, when you're, you're adding value and, you know, you now have regular stage time. Now the right. other thing you can do with that, uh, some people are opposed to it, but I think it, it's a smart fucking thing to do is find other people who are also adding to the scene and producing a show and then switch spots with them. Be like, Hey, you know, I'll get you on my show once in a while. If you get me on your show once in a while now, you know, that show that you're doing is hopefully producing, you know more than just that one spot for you. Hopefully, it's a way for you to get you know two or three spots just by running that run sh- one show.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mention that because I noticed in the at least in the Connecticut scene where um, i I go up to West Hartford a decent amount and those folks are always piggybacking off each other's shows and that's kind of how they're getting. It seems like yeah. they're getting stage. So you so get like
0: eight people like all running their own shows.
1: Everyone's got to take charge, but you know everybody's getting a lot more stage time. Um, I would think it's a pain in the ass to start up. The first few months are probably hard to get crowds and it takes a lot more work. Once you're established, maybe there's more. I you know it depends how you right. Feel about like
0: it? I, I mean, I look at. You know, I I look at what you have going on, and it seems similar to like, you know, how I was when I started. You you know, you're a funny guy, you're a popular guy, and a lot of people want to come see you, right? So, probably the first time you run your own show, people are going to be all about it, and you'll get a lot of people. And then it's like, well, how do we kind of make this a regular thing? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how often can I kind of tap into this so you got to find other ways to promote but there's things you can do Uh, I don't know what they are (laughs) (laughs) but there's things you can do like you know we're fortunate here with this I mean this is basically what this club was right it was a weekly show that I was looking to start so I get stage time when I moved to Connecticut but we're booking good comics so that's key you know you should do you should swap a spot here or there to get on to get more stage time but really you want to make sure you're producing good shows. so you want to book you know strong comics that are funny so people go have a good time And you got to find other, you know, means of promoting, you know, whether it be like, you know, advertising or Eventbrite or I don't know what the... I I honestly don't know how people promote, but... I was
1: just curious about how you get it here. Is it through, you know, more networks? Do you look online for folks? I mean, it's funny people you know from New York Comedy Club or wherever.
0: Well, in terms of the booking, the comics. Yeah, booking, the
1: comics. Yeah, how do you find people or do they find you?
0: So so Emilio Savone, who is the owner of New York Comedy Club, uh, is, yeah, who you've met, is, you know, one of the partners here and a good buddy. And he, you know, books you know mostly comics from the new york scene for our headliners and features and then as you see we're trying to kind of also get in some like local comics as well um so, yeah, so, you know, fortunately, like, if you're in New York and if you're tied to the New York scene, you're dealing with a lot of very funny comics. There's a lot of people. And uh, and because of that, there's also, like, a lot of demand for spots. So I was running for a while this weekly bar show in, like, the worst bar in New York, this dump called Carmel Lounge. What was uh, that crowd like? And, I mean, it was good because it was our crowd, you know. Was, right, right, But right. there was a divy bar, right? Um, but... You know, we'd have ten people down there, and it would still work because it was a small room. So we'd have this show for like ten people. That'd be pretty fun. But we'd get you know great comics. Like we'd had comics who, you know, were on Letterman or you know, I guess Colbert now or you know right. Conan or whatever. Or, you Can't know, keep trapped all the half and hours, yeah. and they would come and perform for a drink ticket at the bar. Um, it's a little tougher in Connecticut, right? I was
1: going to say there's got to be a big difference between being in the city and having that wealth of or, yeah. It's you tougher know, in, Connecticut, cause in Connecticut because in Connecticut
0: there's not really any funny people uh except too Dan serious? Calwhite. Uh Dan Calwhite's a funny guy. But uh, you know, no, I mean there are funny people. There's a lot of good fun- uh, but it's different. There's not I don't know. Dan, how many funny people do you think there are in Connecticut? Like funny stand-ups? 6? Six. Six? Yeah. Six. Y- yeah. That's that was a like, confident answer. No, I mean uh, that's that's what I would probably put in it too. And Dan's mo- Dan knows the scene more than me. So, you know, Connecticut, yeah, there's there's funny people. There's six of them. Uh in New York, <laughs> In New York, there's funny people, but there's probably a hundred, right? So if you want to book a showcase show in New York, you just need like five of those funny people. But in Connecticut, if you've got five of the funny people, you got all about one of them and you can't have the same people time and time again. Right. Right. So, so it's it'll be tougher in Connecticut. Right. Um, But, you know, you can book Dan and you can book me and Beecher and, you know, we'll come put on a good fucking show for you. Uh, or maybe you try to find a budget and you know bring somebody in from New York at a headline or something like that. Right. Uh, but I recommend doing it. Um, one, Absolutely. Because it'll give you the opportunity to to get that stage time and develop. But also, too, you learn things about comedy producing a show that you don't learn otherwise. You start to understand uh, the importance of the room. Uh, you know, there's various things about a room that will affect how it is. You know, I mentioned the bar shrier and we had ten people there. The reason it worked was we were in a very small room. It was extremely dark. The stage was very well lit, and the bar was in the back. So no one would be disrupting the show to get drinks. It was always kind of far and out of the way. Uh, Because it was so dark, people weren't distracted by each other. And because it was bright on the stage, all they would really look at or pay attention to was the comic. And, uh, you know, those factors... Made for a good room, you know. The room here at Fairfield is awesome because it's spread out, kind of wide, so it feels very intimate. No matter where you're sitting, Right. you're maybe four rows from the stage, and uh, it's low ceilings, <laughs> you know. And it just fucking works. And there's no reason it should work. It's it's a hotel lobby, but there are you start to find that out gives like, kind what of stuff like works. Some like,
1: mystique to it, the hotel lobby. I've been hit shows before. People just riff on that for a good five ten minutes, and yeah. it kills.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy because it, you know when we first set it up, I'm like, well, this is gonna be a weird room and it turns out to be a great room so you, you start to figure things out and then you start to be like oh this is why this is working right? Um, you know but there, yeah so there's valuable information in that it, you know but also you'll get to
1: see the comics that you want to see perform right so now you're doing a show we Make it seen. your own. Yeah. And also, I would imagine that there's some business side to it as well. So, when you're performing on stage, you're worried about yourself. You're worried about your set. When you're producing a show, you're worried about the guests. You're worried about collecting the money and making it run smoothly and all that stuff. So, there's more to it than yeah. just the. Yeah.
0: And you start to look at things different. Like, I remember when I first started doing comedy, like, when we were doing shows, we'd be like, oh, well, who's like the comic that's the worst? We'll put them as the host <laughs> because. <laughs> You know, you, because people don't want to host, it's more work. It's, it's tougher. Um, you know, the, the room is colder. So we'd put like a bad comic as the host. And I was like, "What the?" I'm like, that was stupid. Like you actually need your best comic as the host. You want your strongest person or somebody who's like good at like a little bit of crowd work of like engaging people, getting them like amped up a little bit. Uh, so, I've, you know, you realize, oh, that, that's actually a hugely valuable spot, and you don't think about it when you're not producing a show. When you start producing a show now, yeah, there's more to take care of, so you have to be aware of that stuff.
1: Does it change your joke set, your sets at all when you're doing your own show? Are you worried about crossing the line and going too far on, on some topics, or do you not let that? I don't worry think so. You? I mean, yeah. I
0: think, you know, if, if there's jokes that you wouldn't do on your show, you probably shouldn't do them on anybody's show. That's fair. Uh. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. So uh, well, well, so Greg, what's like, what's your plan? What's your like next comedy step here?
1: Well, you know, I think talking to you, I'm hoping to. Um, actually, I spoke with another comic who's pretty green as well. He's starting an open mic down in Norwalk. There's nothing really down on that side of uh, Connecticut. Most of the stuff is West Hartford and maybe more up the coast. Um, but so there's a place we we. we